You're listening to the FBC Canyon Podcast, where we seek to equip and encourage our church body to display the gospel through joyful character, community, and conversations. I'm Drew Taylor, and today I'm here with Steve Olson and Andrew Self. We're back for part two of our uh, discussion on missions and living ordinary Christian lives for the glory of God. And this time we're going to focus on how we can be a part of uh, international missions. Um, that can seem uh, harder to, to think through in some ways of, you know, this is a work being done around the world um, to people we don't know, people we've never seen. Uh, maybe we know the missionaries that are there, but primarily for most of us, we haven't seen them personally or know the faces when they ask us to pray for them and prayer request. And But there are ways that we can participate that are significant to the work and, again, seem very ordinary, but they are important. Um, one of those happened uh, when we gathered together on the, the 28th of November and just spent some time praying as a church uh, for our global partners and for unreached people groups. Again, seems like how is that actually going to impact the kingdom of God? Um, and, and we don't know, but God says it does. And so we have to, by faith, trust that as God's people gather and pray for people in another location, that he's going to use those prayers uh, to accomplish his purposes. So let's begin with that, of just thinking through how does God use the prayers of his people in the work of mission, uh, particularly as we think about uh, across the ocean um, in international uh, locations and with missionaries that are working in those mission fields. I think what you said earlier is, is is true. You know, if you think about prayer, even with your own personal life, you don't know exactly what the answer is going to be from from the Lord. You don't know how He's going to go about answering that prayer. And so, when we're, you know, uh, when we when we had our prayer gathering and we were thinking about, we're looking at these pictures of these of these uh, workers and we're looking at these people groups. You know, we don't know exactly who God's going to use uh, to soften the the hearts of people and then the the next worker that's going to come in and share the gospel on this you know fertile soft heart uh and and god you know god saves these people so we don't exactly know what he's going to do and so for me it kind of stirs up my imagination of i don't know what you're going to do lord but i believe that you're going to do something you've said that you want to redeem people from all nations from all tribes and all people groups and so i know that you care about this little tiny people group in southeast asia I know you. I know you care about them, so I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray for um, these these missionaries to come in and to proclaim the gospel boldly and show radical hospitality and live their ordinary Christian lives. And so for me, that that creates a desire for me to want to want to pray. I was, you know, every once in a while, I'll crack open Operation World and just randomly choose a people group to to pray for uh, for that for that particular day. And so yeah, it's just engaging in this spiritual fight because um, we know that. We know that the, the enemy of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers, and so we're when we pray, we're engaging in spiritual warfare um, to, in, a, in a certain way. Um, so, for seeing that as I'm not there right now, maybe God will send me to this people group one day. Maybe He won't. But how I can try to push back darkness is praying uh, for the gospel to be proclaimed in this particular moment. Yeah, I agree. We may not know exactly how God answers the prayers of His people. When we're praying for um, uh, for missionaries that are out in the, around the world, you know, those that we know don't know, but we're lifting them up, or praying for the lost, for people groups that haven't heard the gospel, we may not know how the Lord answers it. 
And maybe that's one reason why there's not more prayer offered up uh, for for missions because we think, well, I mean, if some are honest, they'll say, well, is it really worth it? Is it really doing anything? Um, and I'm not saying that they say we shouldn't pray or that God doesn't hear prayers and answer prayers, but it's one thing when you're praying for I'm sick, my mom's sick, and I'm praying for, for us to be healed or one of us to be healed, whatever. You know, that's something that maybe we'll see immediately and we're calling out to God for. And we, and we feel it, you know, particularly if it's your own sickness. But when it's someone halfway around the world that I've never met before and I'm praying for them, do I have that same fervency uh, in prayer? So sometimes we just have to be honest and uh, and say, all right, maybe I'm not praying because I really don't think it's all that worthwhile. But God has called mm-hmm. us to pray, um, uh, to pray for those that are sharing the gospel, to pray for those that are lost. Or it could be that maybe we just don't have a heart for the lost. And I'm, I'm not saying that a person doesn't want to see people come to salvation, come to Christ, but maybe our heart just isn't broken for them um, to really understand, hey, their fate, their soul is destined for hell one day if they don't repent and turn to Christ. Mm-hmm. And I may not be able to go and share the gospel specifically with this person halfway around the world, but I can pray that God would open their hearts. And so maybe the first thing to pray for is God give me a burden for the lost. Um, I'm burdened to pray for my own needs. And yes, we need to do that. But am I burdened also for the lost around me in my own town or around the world? And so, you know, maybe why don't we pray as much as we should? That's maybe some of the reasons for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. It, it, it often... I mean, if I'm just honest, honest in my own life, it, it doesn't at times feel like the best use of my time. It, it doesn't feel that way, but I, it is. I know that intellectually, but there there are times when just the busyness of life causes me to, to neglect praying for the nations and for the lost um, just because I've got other things that feel more pressing, whether that's personal issues or just things that need to be done with kids or um, work or, or whatever. And so it's like, it's stopping for 15, 20 minutes and, and praying for God's work to be done here in Canyon and around the world for these people I don't know. Like, I have to have an intentional, like, uh, I don't know what the right word is, tenacity to stop and do that, mm-hmm. to stop and say, all right, I got to stop. And this is maybe the most important thing I do today, mm-hmm. um, if we're really honest, because it is a spiritual war. And I think most people intellectually would say, you know, praying is important. It's uh, a call for every Christian to do, not just for themselves, but for lost people. But then functionally, we just we just really struggle with it. And uh, I don't want to put unnecessary guilt on people, but I do want to convict people and myself, including that it, it is uh, worth our time. I mean, if you think about if you had an event even here at the church and it was Hey, we're gonna eat a bunch of food and hang out together, or we're gonna pray. I, I can guarantee you there's gonna be a ton more people show up to let's eat together and, and not pray. And the question is just why. Like, I'm not saying getting together and eating is, is a bad thing, but it is the question of why are more people showing up to eat than they are to to pray. Um, so, yeah. uh, I was just gonna say at that prayer time that we had for the nations. I was just encouraged by the number of people that were there. Mm-hmm. And as we were broken up into tables and all praying 
all, each table praying for and those gathered at the tables each praying for you know the same topics like the same persons the same people groups it's just one is just good to hear those prayers being offered up just you know hey we're praying for this family like we just pray for this family at our table then as I'm over here at the table next to us, they're now praying for that same family. Just, you know, have all these prayers being offered up to the Lord. And just that's an expression of faith. God, we're, we're trusting you. And that's why we're praying for these things. And even after we left, as um, me and my family left, you know, just reflecting back, all right, why did we get together for an hour and do this? Well, it was because sometimes you feel like, oh, did we really do anything? Did we did we accomplish? Maybe that's, maybe that's prideful. Like, mm-hmm. what did we accomplish by doing this? Well, mm-hmm. We humbled ourselves before the Lord, mm-hmm. and we called out to him, and now we are trusting him uh, with the results of that. Mm-hmm. And, again, we may never know that, but um, but God will accomplish his purpose, and one of the ways he said he'll do it is through the prayers of his people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am encouraged not to be like all guilt a minute ago, but I am encouraged. Our, I, th- I believe our church has grown in its corporate prayer, I mean, even in the— five short years mm-hmm. that I've been here and us gathering together and, and praying as a body for particular things in our, uh, in our community, in our nation and in the world, in our own lives. And so it is an area that, that we have committed more to, and I pray that we will continue mm-hmm. to grow and more and more people will see, um, the benefit of it. Cause most people do walk away from our corporate prayer time encouraged. And that's another benefit as we talked about in our last, um, uh, podcast about benefits of being in community. When you gather together corporately to pray, uh, it do, it does bring a lot of more of that accountability and encouragement to your prayer time um, as as you do it. Yeah. And how many people have said, "I almost didn't come because I just had something else to do," or it's a Sunday and I'm just you know you're resting, whatever. But you came, and then after it's over, it's like I'm so glad mm-hmm. I came. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, to be a part of this, and you were just encouraged by it. Well, I know several people who, you know, started praying for a people group, and then they wind up <laughs> going to that mm-hmm. people group long term. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I don't know if people are freaked out about praying. Like, oh, if I pray and start <laughs> investing in this, God's gonna send me there. I don't know. If that... Pray for the people in Hawaii <laughs> yeah. that are lost. <laughs> um, that it, so that goes back to that we don't know what God's gonna do with our prayers. It might be you praying for a people group for years. And God winds up, you know, creating a desire in you to go. Um, so that's, you know, the, the mystery and beauty of prayer is you might be praying for somebody else to go, but, oh, it turns out you're the one who's going to be going. Yeah. And related to, to praying, another thing we can do is communicate. And we can, uh, one of the things that uh, people did for me when we were overseas and I try to do for, for people periodically is to tell them, hey, I prayed for you this morning. Um, I don't tell them everything I prayed for them. And, um, but just that act of communicating to, to them that we prayed for them. I mean, all of our global partners knew that we were gathering last night to, to pray. And I'll, I'll probably just remind them sometime um, in the next few days that, that we did that just as an encouragement to them. But communication is a huge way that you can participate in the mission of God, mainly in that aspect of encouraging those that are laboring day by day in very difficult situations. And um, that could be through text messages, uh, emails, um, you can phone calls, all those type things. Um, so any thoughts just on communicating with uh, missionaries, either, um, you know, Andrew, I know you were there in Des Moines and uh, doing, helping a, a church plant and 
know that people were communicating with you, just the benefits that you saw for yourself or just how you try to do that with others? Like maybe just give a few thoughts on communicating with missionaries and how that's important in, in this task. Yeah, for, for me and my family, that was almost more satisfying than, you know, a, a monthly support check. Um, knowing that there's a, a body of believers 11 hours south of us who is praying for us, who's praying for Des Moines, who's praying for our unbelieving neighbors, joining us in the prayers that we've already been praying. Um, like that was extremely meaningful. And um, because I know of the people of First Baptist Canyon, like I knew that they were actually praying. It wasn't just a, hey, uh, praying for you, you know, and just basically just being a Christian greeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, so that was extremely meaningful for us to know that there were people in Canyon laboring for God to, to save people in Des Moines and to encourage us. And then pretty much every time my in-laws would come up and see us, they would have a, a card from somebody in the church that, or a Sunday school class had written a, you know, a note for us and saying they were praying for us or sending us a, a gift card so we could go out on a, you know, family, uh, get a family meal that we didn't have to cook. So like those little, little acts, those one could say ordinary acts, um, were extremely meaningful for, for us and encouraging, um, for us. And then when we come to Canyon, you know, people would genuinely be interested in what we were doing and people would, Scott and April Wells gave us, we were down here for a Christmas time and they gave us a gift card to a really, really nice restaurant and wanted us to, you know, get away from our kids and have a, have a nice slow meal. I was like, things like that are huge. Mm-hmm. Then you're all sitting there like, oh, this feels weird without my kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was eight and 30 minutes. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think communication, I, I certainly would say, yes, email, text, but even just that lost art of, of writing out letters, cards to people, because um, those can be a little bit more personal as you're having to handwrite it. I know when I do it, it just makes you reflect a little bit more on mm-hmm. what I'm actually writing down, because if you're halfway into your card, you don't want to make any mistakes, because email, yeah, you can just backspace it all and start over, but handwriting, I don't want to have to rewrite all this, so you're putting a lot of thought into what you're writing and then just getting cards like that. Um, knowing that someone has, Hey, this is came from their hand. Um, and have written it to me. I mean, it just seems like I'm not trying to discount digital communication because those are very good. And sometimes that's the only way you can reach out to somebody, but just that personalness that you took time to sit down and write. Um, and that encourages people. Mm-hmm. I know that for myself and y'all on staff, um, as church members write cards to us from time to time, I mean, that's just encouraging to get. You open it up, and you know, whether it's short or whether it's a, you know, like a full page or whatever, either way, it is just encouraging to you because you know someone took that time. Mm-hmm. And so to now to bring that to us, just it is an or, ordinary act. You know, it takes time. It is a sacrifice because it takes time to sit down and do this, to, to write, like, what have been their prayer requests. I know that they're de- we're dealing with this last month, and I'm going to write, hey, we prayed that um, um, that you'll be able to open up this um, gospel center uh, next month. How did that go? It's, it just shows that you're involved in their lives. Mm-hmm. And again, after you write it and you send it, you may think, oh, what's the big deal in that? But it does then encourage the hearts of those that get it. Mm-hmm. and lets them know, oh, these aren't just people that kind of take our prayer requests and just throw them away somewhere. But mm-hmm. they're praying through it. They know about us, and they're actually... Uh, concerned about us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So another uh, as- way that we can um, 
participate in the mission of God, international missions, is through giving. And uh, one of the ways that uh, we as a church um, support international work is through the International Mission Board, through what's called the cooperative giving. And so for every dollar uh, that you give to uh, the church as your normal tithe, uh, the way that it's set up and the way we give money to um, different Texas Baptist conventions and then the money they, they pass on to the Southern Baptist Convention, which eventually gets the IMB, uh, for every, we'll just say $100, it's about $2.50 that get to the International Mission Board. So that may not seem significant, but if you think about all the people that are giving um, within our own church and with other churches, that makes a significant impact. And so with the millions of Baptists out there yeah, that are giving to their local churches and they're giving to that, yeah, that multiplies greatly. Greatly. Yeah. Um, I think I, I read uh, even recently that if every um, Baptist, you know, probably take these numbers um, however you want to, but if every Baptist gave like an extra dollar or two, um, they'd be able to get like 10 million extra dollars for Lottie Moon this, this Christmas season. Um, but so, yeah, it does add up. And that, that is one of the ways you're, you're sacrificing every week, every month by giving uh, the money God's provided you and giving it to the church for ministry here. But part of that uh, ministry that the church does is to support international missions. And so just that ordinary giving um, you're participating in, and it's vital. Missionaries cannot be out there unless you were doing that. Um, and also with the Lottie Moon, you know, the yearly giving that we uh, participate within our own church to to support, um, yeah, to support the International Mission Board. A hundred percent of that goes overseas, and so just those faithful acts. I remember being overseas because we went with the International Mission Board and not having to worry about uh, raising money and having that extra stress. I mean, it was just always a great encouragement, and so we were always thankful uh, for that. You guys have any more thoughts or things you want to add just as far as like how giving is an important aspect to participating in uh, the mission of God? Something my parents did um, that was really formative for me, and I I can still remember like the various churches I was setting in every time the Lottie Moon offering was going to be rolling around in, you know, late November, early December. Um, From a young age, they would, you know, give me, you know, a $5 bill or a $10 bill and to sitting beside them in church and right before the offering plate comes in, you know, they would have me do that. And they did that for years. And what that created in me was this expectation to give mm-hmm. um, both to my church, but then also to the Lottie Moon offering to whenever I would get an allowance, I would of my own volition, volition, uh, put, put money of, you know, it's not mom and dad. Well, it still is mom and dad's money, but yeah. I could, I was supposed, you know, <laughs> in theory could, you know, it was my own. Uh, it's kind of like owning a house. Um, yeah. But, uh, so I, I would voluntarily do that. And then when I started working um, and got older, I would still do that. And so um, you know, as you were talking about Lottie Moon offering, just you know, I was like, oh, why am I not doing that with Lydia yet or with mm-hmm. Malachi? So um, so that was something they, they did a really good job of training me to, one, be generous with money, but then also to care about missions. Like every year when we would give to Lottie Moon, that, heightened my interest in, in missions and I learned about it. Um, and so that, you know, created a desire in me for what God is doing at work and, uh, throughout the entire world. And so those little acts like that of giving, um, and it trains you for godliness. Mm-hmm. 
I like what we've done as a church for our Lottie Moon missions is that no longer setting a goal. Like, hey, last year we had X number of dollars for our goal. Now we're going to set it higher. And I'm not saying it's wrong to set goals or to say, hey, we want to do more than we did last year. But sometimes I think that just puts a false expectation of what, you know, hey, just because we collected more, that means we're, we're better or, or God's going to do more now that he has all this money because he, God can get a little bit of money, a lot of money, but still accomplish all that he desires. And so just for people to pray about what they will give to Lottie Moon this year. And so you may not give as much as you did last year because things in your own life has just changed. And if you're not giving um, what you gave last year, don't feel bad about that. Don't feel guilty about that. Because what you're giving is a sacrifice. It is you saying, hey, this is what I give to my church just regularly. And now for my offering, I'm going to give this much. That is still a sacrifice because you could have taken that to a restaurant, uh, mm-hmm. a movie theater, or, or wherever, or whatever. Uh, but now you're choosing, though, to give it to International Mission. So I, I really appreciate that because it does take away, we're trying to take away that, that whole guilt thing. Like, just give more, do more. It's what can you do this year? And maybe you can give more than you did last year, maybe not, but you're giving it to honor the Lord, and that's what that's what we're 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 after. Yeah, and do it joyfully, cheerfully. Yes, yeah. Um, realizing again, this is another area that you can feel like, hey, I'm giving, and I don't know what God's going to do with it. Um, yeah. Sometimes we hear stories from some of our partners. Well, a lot of times we give, and we're just like. I'm not sure how God's going to use all this. I'm just trusting as I give that God's going to accomplish his work, whether small or big, uh, with the amount of money um, for his glory. And so it it is an act of faith to say, God's told me to do this, and I'm going to do this joyfully because um, God's going to advance his kingdom through this this small or big gift. And uh, and I also know there's others that don't go with the International Mission Board that um, many of you are supporting, and and we even support as a church. And so, uh, even those those gifts are are significant in a way that we can participate in in the mission and supporting people that are doing different things than than the International Mission Board does. Because there's just a variety of work that needs to be done uh, in different formats around the world to to advance God's kingdom. Some are giving themselves more to like theological teaching in seminaries, training pastors. Others are trying to reach the unreached going places people have never been. And so all those are ways that we can, uh, we can give to those works. And then finally, I just want to address going. Um, and maybe you guys can talk about just the benefit of your own life of, of going on different trips. Um, Steve, I know you've, you've been a couple of times, um, went to China a couple of years ago uh, and done some other things. And then Andrew, I don't know where all you've been, but I know you've you've got gone and done some things as far as mission trips. Just how were those impactful, beneficial for you, even just thinking about what happened during that week, but beyond that week, and just your own kind of mindset um, as far as engaging missions? Yeah. I mean, when you go on missions, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I mean, even within our own uh, Southern Baptist framework or other mission agencies from Short-term mission trips, that could be a week, two weeks, a little bit longer term, that could be a couple of months or even just long-term, two years or more. Uh, But just to to go on a mission trip, I've only done like short-term trips and just going, being gone for about a week or a little bit more. But by doing that, 
you might say, well, what's really being accomplished, me being there and getting to share the gospel as much as you can during that time frame. But one, you don't know what the Lord's going to do with that. Um, seeds have been planted, conversations have been had. Uh, but what it does do is just it impacts you personally uh, to say, all right, I've seen the, you know, where our missionaries are working at. I've, I've kind of watched them live their lives on the mission field, uh, got to help engage some of the people that they're engaging. And it does, one, just impact the way that you pray for them. Because you do recognize, all right, as missionaries, they're just living the ordinary Christian life every single day. If they have kids, they got to go to the grocery store, take care of kids, got to just do the normal routines of life. And then in the midst of that, they are engaging uh, the people around them that don't know that don't know Christ. So it gives you a way to, to be able to pray for them. And it also then just shapes the way that you look at your own, uh, your own life and where you're living at. Um, I don't want to use the term that we're missionaries here in our own town, in our own hometown, because I want to reserve missionaries for a different category. But we're still living here, and there's lost people around us. And so, how can I begin to engage those uh, who are around me? So, in that aspect, uh, short-term mission trips have been very beneficial, and would encourage uh, those within our church that have not been on them. Um, I know we've kind of had to slow them down a little bit with. Uh, with COVID and whatnot, but Lord willing, these things will begin to pick up more next year. And if you haven't been on a trip, pray about it. Go on a trip. And um, who knows, Lord, many people have been called long-term to missions had started with short-term missions. Mm-hmm. Not that we might, we might talk about this in a moment, but not that everyone has to go long-term mission trips. We're not saying that, but mm-hmm. um, it can in particular impact your life positively. Yeah, for me, it was... <laughs> really helpful in strengthening my faith and clarifying, oh, I actually, I actually do believe this. And I wasn't going through like a crisis of faith. Um, when I went to Vancouver for a short term, short term trip, but it was one of those things where I'm about to go to this place to evangelize, to build up a church, uh, in Vancouver. But do I actually believe this? Do I take this seriously in my everyday life right now? Because if I don't, why in the heck am I getting on an airplane to go do it somewhere else? I, you know, think that I'm just going to get, you know, but I'll become better at evangelism just because I've changed geographies. Um, so going there, it was really helpful for me to a, a place that's it's hard to plant a church. It's hard to um, really dig down, uh, pl- plant roots in, in Vancouver. Um, so that was extremely helpful for me just to be exposed to that and to see the faithfulness of people who are working there. Um, but then also I got, I toured a, a, a mosque, a Hindu temple and a Buddhist temple. So I get exposed to, um, so, so much of, you know, three of the world's largest religions and, you know, seeing, okay, these people are really devout with their religion. And I believe that, that, uh, the God of the old Testament, and new Testament is the true God, um, am I as diligent and fervent in my worship of, of God and of Jesus as they are to these lesser gods? Um, so it's really helpful, I, I think, in, in bolstering your faith, um, of getting out of your context and seeing people who are being faithful where they live and for you to say, okay, I can do, ex- I can do what they're doing with their everyday life in my everyday life wherever I live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think there's definitely that, that benefit that, if you want to say we get as as we go and uh, we prepare and we pray and we engage lostness there and we see other uh, missionaries living their ordinary lifestyle and like oh yeah I can 
be a witness in my own town in a very similar way. And then just the benefit it gives to uh, the missionaries that are there. We talked about earlier about communicating and um, writing letters and sending emails and talking on the phone. But how much more when you're seeing that person face-to-face? I know that was my experience overseas when teams came, particularly people that I knew, um, and just kind of refreshed me and reminded me um, that I wasn't alone because that's one of the things the enemy likes to do when you're out on uh, the field is to to make um, you feel forgotten, make you feel like you're just struggling and, and nobody cares, which are, are selfish uh, attacks, but it is the reality of those attacks. And so to see people that are committed to the task and willing to take a week of their vacation, their money, and say, hey, I'm going to go and encourage, or at that time they were going to come encourage me, like it, it was it was just something that God used to help us to keep going and to keep going with faithfulness and and with joy. Um, so there's there's that aspect. And then, as you kind of mentioned, Steve, I think it changes the way you do all the other things I mentioned. It changes the way you pray because you're like, oh, I've walked in a, a, a temple and I've seen how, how they pray. And so now I can pray when I see people that are called in Islam, this people group. I can pray for them differently. I can pray for uh, when, you know, the deets mention a neighbor, like, oh, I met that neighbor. I can pray for them differently. And so, and so we can, it, it helps our prayer. Not that we have to go to be able to pray, but it, it does help. Mm-hmm. And it helps when we're giving, like we know, oh, I'm giving to this and it's, it's going to this type of work. And uh, so it can just be a greater encouragement to us um, in, in giving and going and communicating, not going and praying. And uh, so th- there are a lot of great, personal benefits but as you mentioned Steve it doesn't it's not a requirement for faithfulness like if you don't go it doesn't mean you're not faithful or you're not a good Christian but I mean if you're physically able it, it is a good way it's not going to transform you in the way that we were kind of joking and he Andrew you mentioned a minute ago like you're going to get on a plane and all of a sudden you're going to be transformed in the super Christian and um, like your whole life it's now going to be like the super Christian hype, but it, it can change the way you view your own Christian walk and faithfulness in that in your ordinary life. And so it can be a very important way that you um, both impact missions over there through the encouragement of missionaries and sharing the gospel, maybe with somebody that's never heard it or a person that's never been prayed for in their whole life by name. You, you get to participate in what God's doing, but it also transforms your life back where you are um, in some ways of just, hey, I can consider the people in front of me. I can faithfully each morning wake up and pray, God, use me today. Help me to see the opportunities you give me. So I think those are all benefits of, of going. And it is an investment. It's investment in money of time. Um, but I think it is is worth that investment to see how God has called us to be a part of his mission. And with uh, for me, whenever um, First Baptist brought two teams at two different times to Des Moines. My neighbors, people I'm witnessing to and ministering to, are like, people coming up here from Texas because they care about you and what you're doing with, you know, with Frontier Church. Like, that's crazy. Like, their eyes were changed. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, th- like, that's another, uh, I think, uh, unintended uh, consequence, and I mean that in a good way, mm-hmm. of going on a short-term trip. People that, that are being ministered to in whatever context are thinking, these people paid money and took off time from work to come support you because they believe in what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's just a, it's a 
it's a simple act of yeah. you know getting on an airplane or getting in a car. Yeah, that's a great testimony. That's good. Any any final thoughts? No. <laughs> Me <either>. dramatic <laughs> pause. Something was going to come. Yeah, I was about to say something profound. <laughs> no. <laughs> I get perm- again. Drew has permission to edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we hope this has encouraged you in um, how you can participate in, in very important and ordinary ways. Uh, as I, I mentioned in the sermon uh, a week ago, is that I, I feel like oftentimes people, when they think of particularly international missions, uh, if they don't think they can go, they think they don't have a part to play. They're kind of like, well, that's, you know, they're doing that and I'm I don't have those gifts or I'm, I don't feel called to that, so I don't really have a, a part. But but everyone does. Every Christian, even as we are reading that um, our confessions of faith there together, we talked about how every Christian in every church has a responsibility uh, to take the gospel, and we should uh, love others enough to do it. I mean, I think that's part of what that statement said, is when we have a regenerate heart, when we experience that joy of Christ, we want others to know that joy. And so, brothers and sisters, be encouraged that you have a part to play in advancing the gospel both here in Canyon and to the ends of the earth.